Hey, this is DeAndre Hopkins, and you're listening to the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers Podcast with your hosts, Andy Holloway, Jason Moore, and Mike Wright. Oh, welcome in. That was a different frequency. Different pitch. You you excited? I mean, yeah, no, we're good. It's higher than normal. I didn't notice. I thought I was farther away from the microphone. We're getting pretty close here, boys, to football being real. Does that mean that my pitch will continue to increase? Yes, so as we get closer and closer. (laughs) It's like puberty or something? It's just going to go higher and higher. Eventually. Right, this will be a helium situation. Welcome into the show, Tuesday, (laughs) July 18th, the Fantasy Footballers. Excited to be back with you. And we are diving back into the divisional breakdowns. A very exciting AFC West edition today. We also have big news to talk about. We are recording this episode um, almost in conjunction with the Monday franchise player deadline. And so uh, if breaking news happens... I've got my ear to the ground. His ear's on the literal ground. Yes. And if Saquon or Jacobs were to reach an agreement... If I get any vibrations... You'll let us know. I will. I'll I'll jump in here. I'm going to let you know right now that you're not going to get any vibrations, Mike. No vibrations? No, no. No good vibrations? No good vibrations. This will only be sad news for running backs... The running backs will be playing on franchise tags, and Evan Ingram. Yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get. I mean, I'll, ooh, sorry. Yeah, come a on. A little now. early here. Uh, we do have some big news. We'd like to invite everybody out there to the one and only live event for the fantasy footballers this year. I think we need mouth trumpets. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well done. Uh, the Megala Show. <sighs> It's just disturbing at this point. I don't know what it is, but I don't think of a shark. Um, We are live in Los Angeles, August 26th. You can learn more about how you can come join us, ballerslive.com, get tickets, presented by Underdog Fantasy. But this is, um, you know, we've been doing live events since 19, 2019. Uh, I think maybe 18. 18, 19. When was the big tour, Brooksy? One of those. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. Uh, it blends together. But this is uh, the first time we've been at a venue this large. It'll be a 1,000 seats at the Palace in L.A. It will be right before the season begins. We have uh, we have a lot planned. So we would love to have you join us. It is always a great time in person with the Foot Clan, our one and only, ballerslive.com. So hopefully you can make it out. You can find us. And more uh, information about the Megala Show and everything we're doing here on Twitter at the FF Ballers. The communities that join the foot.com, the website's the fantasyfootballers.com. Let's get into that news. News and notes from around the league. Well, DeAndre Hopkins 
has signed a two-year, $26 million contract with Ryan Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans. He turned 31 years old in June, and um, we've got him ranked. He's in the... He's on the website in our rankings, and he's on the ultimate draft kit. Um, this, I, I think, there was simultaneous like, okay, we got we got some news on Hopkins. Mm-hmm. He can still play. I mean, great player. But a lot of excitement for Traylon Burks and Chigakonkwo, and both of those balloons, a little bit of air was let out of each of them. Certainly, yeah. I mean, the the excitement was twofold, right? Primarily, the excitement was they. They get the whole pie to themselves. Traylon Burks and Chigakonkwa were the two most talented receiving options for the Titans, and that's gone now. They are not the best. Like Traylon Burks and Chig, they aren't as good as DeAndre Hopkins. So Hopkins comes in and will be the number one. He will demand the most targets. He will get the most targets, and that really caps the upside case for Traylon Burks, but there is the talent aspect as well where – uh, you know, both of those players showed flashes, and we've seen plenty of players be good for fantasy as a wide receiver, too. This is just unfortunate because it's a running offense that you don't expect to throw a ton. I would feel better about that situation if several bullet points were fulfilled. One, they threw the ball more. They're the, they threw the ball the third least of any team in football last year. They threw the ball literally 20 times less per game than Tampa did, who was number one. Uh, that's a concern. Number two, if he'd done it before, if we had seen a, a, a big touchdown season from Traylon Burks or a, a longer sample size, that would give me more confidence. It wouldn't be. It would be looking at it more like a, well, maybe he can be a T. Higgins or he can be one of those complimentary guys. Um, but it concerns me in an offense where you know it's Derrick Henry, you know it's play action pass, and you know that Hopkins is vastly superior to Traylon Burks. So when I look at both of those guys, and I'm the biggest Chigakonkwo fan in the world, I love the talent and the athleticism. I think I'm now the lowest in our rankings on him because both of those players, in my opinion, Traylon Burks, Chigakonko, if they do not score a touchdown, it is a bad week for fantasy for both of them. That's what I think the outcome is going to be, whereas Hopkins, his volume will be more assured, but we don't have him super high. Jason's got him the highest at 21 right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a wide receiver, too. I have Traylon Burks also the highest, and that's only wide receiver 37. So, obviously, this isn't a, a huge upside case uh, for really either of them with this offense. I think this is obviously very helpful for Ryan Tannehill and for yeah. the Titans. I mean, you guys, we, we already we already did that uh, division, and you guys both picked the Titans to win the division. This has to be a massive help because there's questions. Can Traylon Burks be a wide receiver one for an NFL team? I, we haven't seen it yet. We think maybe he can. Well, he can be a wide receiver, too. You know, it, it's one of those things when you bring a guy like Hopkins in, the rest of your depth chart, uh, it looks really good now. Yeah, I mean, one injury was the problem, too. Like, if Burks went down, what do you have, right? If yeah. Hopkins goes down, now you have Burks. So, uh, there's upside in that respect because he's 31 years old. Hopkins is. He's been hurt, like, every season. So, right. so there is – I'm not saying don't draft Burks. I'm, it just – Far from an assured outcome at this point. He was somebody that we were focusing on as a sleeper in the ultimate draft kit. And, um, you know, it, it is what it is. The team needed it. And it is good for Tannehill. You talk about two quarterback super flex leagues. Ryan Tannehill yes. in a productive offense in a division that's winnable. Don't forget to look his way at the end of those drafts. Totally and, agree. And ironically, adding this wide receiver – uh, to a team, which is usually great for 
uh, future Dynasty quarterback prospects, I could see this being pretty bad for Banana Rama. Uh, just because oh. if, if if the Titans win and Ryan Tannehill has It'll a good be, uh, season. Go ahead. Will Levis, by yeah. the way. Yeah, well, sure. I mean, we could call him by his given name. <laughs> he's he's being Will a, Levis. He's the, being beat out by Malik Willis. Right I was going to say, I, I read that. Yeah. I, I don't know where the blurb came from. So I was going to ask if you guys had heard I, any I of saw that. the same thing. That in camp right now, Malik Willis was outperforming. I guess I, there was a, a USA Today blurb on July 9th that said Malik Willis is currently outplaying Will Levis, which, and don't holy forget, crap, if Malik, that's true. Malik Willis could not outperform Joshua Dobbs yeah. last year. So I, look, There's a chance that, that Willis has, has improved drastically as well, but this is Yikes. I think I'm the only person in the world that actually thinks Ryan Tannehill's like a, a good quarterback. No, I no think not at he's, all. He's good. It's just he's, the efficiency and the numbers have gone down. I mean, he, he keeps winning football he, games. He's very Joe Flacco at his best. I, I mean, think he, if you put Ryan Tannehill on the 49ers, he would be awesome. Yeah, but Nick Mullins was pretty awesome on the 49ers, too. Yeah, I'm just saying he would yeah, be no, better than the other guys they've had. Completely agree. Are you a big Jimmy G fan? Nope. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it, it's. I agree with you. Tannehill can get the job done if the offense has the pieces. Last year they didn't. Um, but you know, Hopkins is going to help make them a winner. It will be interesting for Hopkins. Uh, like he looked like he still had it last year, so that's the the upside for Hopkins. He as soon as he came back. Uh, yeah, give me the numbers because it was nine games last season for Hopkins and he had sure. almost a thousand yards yeah I mean he was his target share was out of control after what seemed like a uh down year before that uh JJ Zacharyson this this uh status credit to him he said since 2011 the only wideouts past their 10th year in the league to post a wide receiver two or better season Larry Fitzgerald Julian Edelman Andre Johnson Reggie Wayne and Anquan Bolden so like historically Hopkins was already going to be up against it, staying with the Arizona Cardinals as, you know, in a, a more pass-friendly offense, at least it was with Cliff, and getting the huge target share. Now he goes to a lower pie, but the, the question will be, does he get back to the DeAndre Hopkins 30% target share? Because if he is there, he's fine. Like, he'll, he'll show up. He'll be a, a wide receiver too. If that comes down to, like, 26%, then – which is that's where I kind of have him. I don't have him skyrocketing back up to being the only show in town. Uh, so he's he is an interesting pick, and I think a a high risk with 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 a decent amount of ceiling built in there, but a risky pick. A thirty percent target share in that offense would be seven point eight targets a game. So even from the numbers last year, from the the numbers okay. last year. I mean, but that's been kind of their their yeah, situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and that's not too exciting. Is and I have him at twenty eight, Mike at twenty nine. Um, Definitely some better situations you could have gone to. Now, if you spent the offseason drafting Traylon Burks early in best ball, you're bummed out. But if you spent the offseason drafting Joe Mixon in best ball, mm, you're yeah. excited because he agreed to a restructure. Yep. Uh, he's going to stay in Cincinnati. This is what we – I mean, it was trending this direction. Um, we didn't see a path for this not to happen because they didn't have the requisite pieces that they would have needed to make it happen for him to depart. So, But they still – you, uh, you, they took a pay. He took yeah, a pay. I mean, cut. You need, like when you're telling a guy, "Hey, we we don't want to pay you this much money." They still have to come back and agree that they will pay or they will play for less than you already told them you were gonna play for. So it's it's a big deal the restructure because he'll he be there leveraged. probably 
Oh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sure he was. He took a pretty substantial pay cut. Uh, oh, you know, about four point six million dollars uh, for to uh, pay cut in twenty twenty four as part of the new deal as well. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to bring up. It's not just like now we know yeah. he's playing this season. You can draft him confidently. Uh, I, I love this. You've had a great value on him, and honestly, he will be a good value come draft season because the ADP has been so well established as a low ADP for him that it will. When when we're when we're at draft season, it's just going to be behind the times a little bit, and it'll be rising from now until then. But he'll be a good value. Oh, I love him. But next year, uh, so in dynasty leagues, it, it seems like he will be playing for the Bengals seems for two like years it. now with the with what he did financially. And I know it was a down year for him from a yards per carry standpoint last season. Didn't score a ton of touchdowns, but the first the first ten weeks before he got hurt last year. Joe Mixon was still on pace for 70 receptions. Samaj yep. P. Ryan is gone. Uh, we've talked about the trust that we – I mean, you got Chase Brown, right? And then you've got Travion Williams. Mm -hmm. So Joe Mixon is a guarantee for volume. Yes, he is. Um, another interesting piece of news. Evan Ingram, right before the deadline, three-year, uh, $42.5 million contract. We did it. We did it, everybody. Um, and Congratulations, so, Mike. Thank you. Pretty big for you. I, I feel great about fourth it. round pick for you in that last yeah, draft. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it's funny. Selected. I took I took Mixon in that draft. You, I took yeah. Ingram for you in that draft. Both yeah. got good news. Uh, but Ingram under contract. Mike's got him the highest at tight end six. So there yep. you go. He's been drafted at tight end eight. Plenty yeah. of upside. He had stretches last year that were weak winning performances. And then we don't know, but we do know. Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, unlikely to get any sort of deal before the tag uh, deadline hits at 1 p.m. today, which as of this moment, it's about 30 minutes away. So by the end of the show, we'll note definitively Josh Jacobs is likely to hold out at training camp. We've heard Saquon potentially have availability in week one against Dallas in question. At this point, hearing that from ESPN, is Saquon going to get a downgrade in your rankings? He'll certainly get an upgrade in the risk rating um, because you need to know that there's a chance he could miss that game. Uh, obviously, when you're at the place where Saquon's going and maybe you're looking at two great options, you're saying, okay, do I want Saquon or do I want Bijan or do I want Nick Chubb? Well, if you think there's a good legitimate chance at that point when you're making a draft that Saquon's threatened to miss the opening week of the season – yeah, I would rather have the other guys, so it would move the needle. Let me uh, let me throw some more names out there to both of you, and, and you guys just let me know where the line is. Uh, Joe Mixon, aforementioned, no, or I Saquon. I would stick with Saquon. I still go Barkley. Uh, Jonathan Taylor. I would stick with Saquon. Mm, oh, just Taylor or Barkley? Uh, I'll go Barkley, yeah. Brees Hall. Saquon. Yeah. Najee. Saquon. Barkley, yeah. Pollard. I have Pollard ranked higher anyways. And Pollard has already – he signed his franchise. So, like, he's good to go. We would prefer for, uh, for the man to get a, a long-term extension. Seems unlikely at this point, but he's already going to be playing. One more for Jason because he has Saquon very highly ranked and you're the lowest on Derrick Henry. Would this news change your Derrick Henry flip? Flip um, I don't think so. I think I would I would keep Saquon there. I think on a per-game basis I would still take the one-game absence and – like Saquon uh, a, a ton. The only guys, it's Bijan and Nick Chubb, Josh Jacobs, those three guys, I think um, it, it might flip the needle. And obviously, we got to wait and see what Jacobs 
does because maybe this is infectious and he's like, well, I'm going to miss week one if I'm not on a fridge. Are these two guys going to go? Oh, maybe like, they go fro-yo. Yeah, like just, just go bro down, do some kind of, you know, running backs who, who are on the franchise tag vacation. Yeah, they're going surfing. Oh, surfing? For sure. They're both huge surf dudes. <laughs> they- are gigantic quads kind of a thing for, for surfing? I, oh, they, yeah, they can't s- hurt. They squat down there, and they you can't get them off that board. Josh Jacobs is 25. Saquon's 26. Both of them won't have a birthday until after this season. And so you've got two really young players, very talented, still in their prime windows, and um, the franchise tag's $10.1 million for running backs. That's what Tony Pollard is going to play on. He's not missing camp. He's going to be there. But when you think about the investment that you have to make to lock up, like it probably costs you $12 million. Like Josh Jacobs would cost you $12 million a year for like two or three years to avoid this situation, and they're still, as of this moment, not doing it. Um, yeah. But that's the perfect offseason script for Josh Jacobs. Last year, he was uh, playing in the Hall of Fame game. So if you're playing in the Hall of Fame game, you could probably miss some camp and still be good. We'll find out. Um, maybe we'll get some breaking news. Maybe. Al, Al Brooks, let us know. Uh, and then we had some minor injury news. Tyquan Thornton dealing with soft tissue issue. I, I, I want it to be said, Devontae Parker is a sleeper to me. Because you, you don't have Jacoby Myers, who is the tried and true option there. Parker has always made been impressive on the big catches, the touchdowns. Thornton dealing with a soft tissue issue. And Hopkins didn't sign there, which is one of the things depressing his value. So I just don't want his name to be forgotten. I think that there's a decent chance, it's not guaranteed, that he's their best receiver this year. And that's got to be worth something in a draft. Sure. I don't hate it. I don't mind being out on there by myself. No, no. You're like the Tyquan Thornton was already up against it. He was, you know, he was a pretty highly drafted player. Kyle was the was Thornton a second, second rounder? Round, yeah. Okay. He was a second rounder. But he, you know, Historically, you can look at players who have have hit a like a just a a threshold of like a yards per route run or target per route run that you have a pretty strong uh, correlation or hit rate that these players have to hit this threshold, and then you see their career kind of blossom. Thornton did not. His utilization so was he, all gadgetry. It was yeah, all like which, a big play here or utilization in a screen. So I never saw him get out there and be like a alpha type of. But I'm saying like that's. That's part of the issue is if you come out here as a rookie and you're used that way, the team might be just telling the public, this is how we see this player. He can help us on the football field, but for fantasy football, the odds are really stacked against him. All right, quick break, and we'll get into the divisional breakdown. This episode is brought to you by USAA Insurance. When you're a homeowner in the military community, peace of mind is priority. And USAA Homeowners Insurance is the award-winning service to give you just that. If you have to file a claim, the process is transparent and easy. You can do it all right in the USAA app, and replacement cost coverage comes standard. That means damaged items are repaired or replaced, even if they cost more today than they did when you bought them, which could put your wallet at ease to tap the banner or visit usaa.com homeowners. To learn more and get a quote, restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Some things may seem small at the time, but when you keep them inside, when you keep everything bottled up, you leave those emotions to fester, and they can have some serious negative consequences. I know when I was younger, you know, you don't want to always say what's on your mind. You don't want to be seen as ungrateful or insensitive or whatever, but sometimes you bottle those things up too long and 
they develop into real problems. Talking things out, working through what's weighing you down, it is more helpful than you realize. And if you want a safe space for that conversation, I recommend therapy. I've had therapy. I've had practical, personal advances through therapy, whether I'm learning positive coping skills, how to set boundaries personally, how to make better habits in my life. There's a lot of benefit, and you can give BetterHelp a try if you've been thinking of starting therapy. It's entirely online. It's convenient and flexible. It's also easy to get started. You just fill out one brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash footballers to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash footballers. Did you have anything to add there with Taekwon, Jason? I know you've talked about him a little bit. Juju is in New England as yeah. well. But, I, um, I, I had some hopes and Mike for... And Mike I had some hopes for Thornton. Uh, I've got him a decent exposure rate on my best ball teams. I'm really sad to see the soft tissue issue for a guy that's a speedster because those things can linger. You know, you remember he was a four-two-eight player, and I think that the gadgetry that was, you know, the way he was used last year, you got Matt Patricia trying to run an offense. It's just not going into a, a year with Bill O'Brien. I was kind of hopeful that some of the athleticism and and features that he has, you know, they could show up this year, but. Yeah, he's a he's a sli- he's a happen. slender man. Yes, one eighty five, six two, but very fast. Let's get divisional. Well, I'm excited to talk about the AFC West today with you, fine gentlemen. I the Kansas wait. City Chiefs, defending champions. Can't wait to shock you guys with my divisional pick at the end. <laughs> oh boy. Stay tuned, everybody. Yeah, nice tease. Stay tuned. Looking at off-season changes between 2022 and 2023, uh, how these offenses could function, and then we'll, we will. We'll predict who's going to win. Stay tuned. Kansas City last year was 14-3. and The Chargers were 10-7. and Raiders were 6-11. and Broncos 5-12. and And, um, you know, th- this division is very, very interesting. It is littered with fantasy football options throughout, um, starting with, obviously, the Chiefs. They have a 11.5 win total this year. It was 11 last year. So, I mean, they are on the top of the mountain. Mahomes, Kelsey. You could stop after Mahomes. Really? Oh, really? Why why do I have to stop after Mahomes? That's really disrespectful. no, no, no. No, no, no. I'm saying they're on top of the world. Oh. They have Mahomes. That's good enough. You yes. can do anything else on that roster, and they will be one of the best teams in the NFL. He's just a freak of nature. Yeah, I mean, it was funny because you had made that comment about Aaron Rodgers and losing Devontae, and look what Mahomes did. But we do forget, or maybe didn't mention, like Kelsey is the linchpin of of that offense yes, in a lot of ways. So um does help. It does help him to have Travis Kelsey. Uh, but those are your two absolute fantasy stalwarts heading into the season. Andy Reid is the magic that unlocks the creativity, the goal line passing, uh, which you love to see. I mean, if you are the running back room in that situation in Kansas city is very unpredictable. There's not going to be um, maybe as much of a, uh, I guess 
excitement around one specific guy in that backfield. But everybody's going to have Mahomes on those rosters and Kelsey. And the fact they throw the ball around the end zone so much that they're the highest scoring team in all of football, um, it just brings a lot of excitement. They got rid of Juju. I don't think any of us say look at that and go, oh, Mahomes is in trouble. And then they brought in Richie James, who was very, very productive in New York last year. Um, and they drafted Rashi Rice. So let's break it down a little bit. Mahomes set a record last year, 15 weeks as the quarterback one. Yeah, as it, a quarterback one, not the. He, it's very tough because he's being drafted essentially at the beginning of the second round. I think that's it's it's too rich for me for an ADP of I think I can make up uh, some ground at the quarterback position and bypass him there. Do you guys – are you in on the early second round or – It doesn't hurt you. Okay, you, you so you're, you're okay with it. I don't – I'm not going to do it because I – like you said, you know, like if – if you're choosing Allen and Hurts, like if you like those three in the same category and Mahomes is going ahead of them, I'm not going to do it. But I genuinely think you aren't going to get burned by it. Like I don't think your potential of being burned by drafting any of those three early is there. I, I really don't. Yeah, I, don't I, mean, I don't think that there's an opportunity to be – like last year Herbert burned you, right? Is there a world where Burrow could burn you? Maybe. Well, let's say I the, just don't think that the, Mahomes can burn you. But the, the burn comes in the fact that those the the big three of last year were so far ahead uh like the rest of the quarterback scoring was was down so far and you saw it i mean uh i think we highlighted some warren sharp stats about just the just offense in general was down if that has a positive regression and more quarterbacks are and more offenses are are healthy and functional and those three guys aren't you know points and points and points ahead of the qb4 that's how you get burned. It's not that uh, those three guys are going to be fantastic, but are they that much better? I think it's, it's kind of the, the Jason's Travis Kelsey argument too. Right. No, it is actually very, very similar to that. Um, and I think if, if I could meet you guys in the middle of what you're both saying, because I, I think you're both right, that getting Mahomes in the second round is not going to burn you. It's not going to crush your team and cripple it. But it's also not the optimal way to build a lineup should a Herbert – a Lamar Jackson, a Justin Fields, or or even worse, all three of them leap up into elite production this year. And now all of a sudden, well, there's rosters that they drafted one of those guys and they got a second round running back or a second round wide receiver. So Patrick Mahomes, you can still win with him, obviously. He's Patrick freaking Mahomes. But your lineup wasn't built as optimally as someone who got someone in the fifth round that leveled up. You're playing a different game though, when you do that strategy, you're playing a scratchers. Because just because there's a gap, there was a gap last year between them and the other ones, and maybe that goes away. Well, who is it? You just name three names. What if it's one of the three? You've got to identify it. So that is the game that you're having to play later. Could you thread the needle and be perfectly right? Yeah, but with Mahomes, you will not have a bust. In fact, he threw 41 touchdowns last year. He could throw 50 because he's done it before. So like he can actually have a, an ascending year, not just um, you know a regression year. 50, had the uh, the 26, uh, missed three games, then 38, 37, 41. I just want to make the bull case for him. And sure. the fact that you don't have to do the gamble. Like, you put us through that mock draft the other day, and we didn't have to think about quarterback the rest of the draft. So that is an advantage sometimes, being able to focus on, you know, there's a lot of inputs in your draft. 
And if if trying to figure out when you're going to get the one guy you might be taking the, you know, dra- you know, taking the shot on the scratchers on, it it can be an advantage. Is my point? Because what if you're wrong? I mean, I I waited on Herbert last year. That cost me. If I had spent it on Mahomes, I'd have been better off. Right, but Mahomes wasn't in the second round last year. Well, Allen. If I had taken Allen in the second round, that would have worked out. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um. Or if you like you identified Jalen Hurts late, then you you did both. You got the double whammy, which well, is that, great. But you'd have to be able to get it right. Yeah, and I guess that's that's the point though. In in the game we're playing is, I, I identified Jalen Hurts. I won a championship with him in our league of record. Only one team gets to win the championship, so it, you really want to be the team that plays the scratch. That's the way I see it. I feel like you're you're spending so much on Mahomes and and if he has a ceiling you're going to be all right you're you're definitely not going to be out of the running you're going to be competitive but it would be nicer to me to try to build like I'm playing the scratcher I'm going to try to grab Lamar two rounds later or grab Herbert three rounds later this year and and add the second round running back or wide receiver at the running back position Isaiah Pacheco Jarek McKinnon Clyde Edwards-Alaire I've been taking McKinnon myself late in drafts he was the running back, too, in a five-week stretch <laughs> yeah, at the went, end of the season. He went crazy. Um, he has, He's a wide receiver for them. Losing Juju, I think that we, we, can't, we have to look at McKinnon as a weapon they're going to utilize in the offense, and you can just look to his production. I mean, Andy Reid's going to use a guy that scored nine touchdowns in the receiving game. Yeah, and it's 11th round. I have, I have no problem with it. We've laid out the case of McKinnon's ascension – it lined up perfectly with Clyde Edwards-Alaire uh, missing games. Not saying that they look at Clyde's production over his career as a chief and say we got to for sure get him back in there. They it could just end up being Pacheco and McKinnon. But with, for an eleventh round pick for McKinnon, that's that's nothing. That's worth the risk. I will point out that when both players were healthy, McKinnon had higher snap counts than Clyde Edwards-Alaire did. So he was still on the field around in 50, the beginning of the season. In the whole beginning of the season. So he, he he was on the field as much, if not more, than um, than Clyde was when they were both healthy. But Pacheco Pacheco emerged over the second half yes, of the year. Did. I'd say for the beginning of the year, that's that's part of the issue. What could happen to McKinnon though is the the uh, I'm watching the the new Netflix show, the quarterback show. Mm-hmm. How um, is that, by the way? I really like it. I love football. So I mean, it's it's a lot of. I'm seeing of, more positive than negative. It, it's a show. lot of recapping of last year, but you're getting you know, like more information. So I'm really really enjoying it. But you were there was a play, week one or two or something, and some Mahomes misses a wide open McKinnon who's on a wheel route, free touchdown, and he misses it, and they highlight it because he's Mahomes is just beating himself up for for missing it, and then it's like the next play. It's a Clyde Edwards-Alaire receiving touchdown. So that's that's the issue where Jarek McKinnon went on that tear over those final four weeks. You don't have that roulette option of, okay, the play didn't happen with, with McKinnon, and now Clyde's in on the play, so he doesn't get a chance let, to Let me do put it. it this way. Are either of you drafting Pacheco at RB28? Not me. Mike? Um, I, it's not really an inspiring pick, but I'm okay with it. RB28 is – Are you drafting Clyde in any league – Way, shape, or form. Eight, 18th super. round of best balls. Yeah, I've, super, I've super deep. Grabbed him. Are you drafting McKinnon in the 11th? Yeah, I'm fine with it. I have not been. Okay. Kadarius Tony, Marquez Valdez Cantling, Sky Moore, Rashi Rice, Richie James, Justin Watson. Oh, man. It's crowded. It's very crowded. It's probably going to be at the end of the year where 
hey, all these guys had a good game. Two of these guys had two good games. One of these guys had four good games, and it's probably not going to work out for fantasy as far as having someone emerge as a superstar. But th this is one of those nebulous wide receiver rooms. You have Mahomes. So we've got to try to at least identify who could emerge, who could be special. Um, you know, when I uh, statted everything out for the Ultimate Draft Kit, my initial rankings were very high on Kadarius Toney. We've seen him be special. I've I've pulled back a little bit from that, but I remember seeing a quote just the other day from Mahomes talking up Kadarius Toney, and obviously you're going to talk up your own players, but he said, quote, he can be one of the best receivers in this league. Like, he he really is loving Kadarius Toney. Now they've got an actual offseason with him. Remember, they brought Kadarius Toney in midseason. He was injured when they brought him over, so he, he, they couldn't even work him in. And they really never did work him in. They used him as a gadget player uh, on a handful of plays every game. But there is a narrative to be built at, at the very least where with an offseason program, with Juju leaving, with Kadarius Toney having the opportunity to emerge as the wide receiver one for the team, he's got the talent to do it. And so if I wanted to put a bet on one of these players, that's where I would place my bet. It's tough. MBS, would you say he was a, an important part of the offense last year in Kansas City? Yes or important no? Important to the offense? Important to the NFL offense. Yes. See, I would say that too. And you can be important to Kansas City and end up outside the top 50 a wide receiver like he did. That's the challenge. But Kadarius Toney, I mean, he, it's amazing that Mahomes' top wide receiver options being drafted as the wide receiver 40. <laughs> so it's Travis Kelsey. Yeah. Travis Kelsey is the one and the two in the offense, and then they have 16 wide receiver threes right now. Um, led NFL in red zone targets. That includes wide receivers and touchdowns. That's what's so beautiful about Kelsey is that it's like you're around the goal line and you expect him mm -hmm. to be the one that scores. They just, As does the defense, and it makes no difference. <laughs> Andy Reid is too creative. I really want like the NFL to split up. Like It's still a passing touchdown. That's fine. But I want to see how many – shovel passes and tap passes like what percentage of most sure. touchdowns are just these manufactured basic handoffs that just go forward uh to open up a lane for a touchdown there's you know you know in the show again that you're reminded of there's multiple travis kelsey highlights of him yeah he's he's getting the ball in space and then he's just stiff arming defenders into oblivion so it's so fun when it, you have him on your team so it comes down to Travis Kelsey is simply an ADP discussion. Right now he's slotted for the middle of the first, which is that is very, very expensive for a tight end or a onesie position. I don't think Are any you, of us have taken him in any mocks. Uh, I don't know that I've had the ability to. So I would, I'm more on the side of if I'm in the, the later half of the first round, I am 100% fine taking him. Because like we're like seven eight nine yeah like in that range I am okay taking him because to me Travis Kelsey will still be uh, the difference maker if you if your strategy is is Mark Andrews then I'm okay with that because he's going a multiple rounds later but it's like unlike where Mahomes and the, the 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 discussion about the big three quarterbacks I think some other quarterbacks can catch them and catch up and close that gap. I still have Mahomes and those guys on top, but some other quarterbacks are going to put up a fight. Uh, it's it's hard to see what other tight end in this current landscape could actually challenge 
Kelsey or Mark Andrews. 152 targets. So I and watching Kelsey play last year, I mean, he was outrageously good. You know, 12 touchdowns compared to nine the year before. More yards this past year than than 2021. So it's not like we didn't see a weird dip in Travis Kelsey's production and go, uh oh, is is Travis Kelsey at the end? I don't think so. I think we have for sure at least another season uh, of Travis Travis Kelsey being dominant. And you can't catch up with those points where I can try to catch up with wide receivers and quarterbacks or uh, wide receivers and uh, running backs. It puts your team at a a weird position if you start well, with him. But I'm okay with it me, in the second half of the first round. Let me ask Jason if his philosophy is identical around the tight end threading of the needle because it's obviously a lot easier to identify a late Jalen Hurts, a late Josh Allen from years ago, a late Lamar from years ago, Kyler. Finding a quarterback seems like a lot of it's. It's much more of an exact science, yes, than it is. You know, it's David Njoku this year. That's going to be a top two tight end. Like, yeah, no, I don't do the threading of the needle at the tight end position because there aren't options. There's one. There's so my. You tight just end, do the drafting of the Andrews instead of Kelsey. There's one needle threader that I grab it, it, around the six seven turn. So I get Mark Waller? Andrews in the third. Okay. And if I can't get Mark Andrews, I am trying to thread the needle with a 6-7 turn Kyle Pitts. I'm taking that okay. chance. And then after that, I just don't care. I'm going to grab okay. – I don't – give me Higby. I don't I care. you're just, just punting. Yes, I'm punting the position at that point. Okay. Yeah, that's good to know. All right, looking at the Los Angeles Chargers. Last year they were uh, projected for 10 wins. That's where they ended, 10-7. and seven. This year is 9.5. Uh, they went one and five against team teams with winning records last year. Um, I feel like every bit of excitement that we had going into the season was uh, metaphorically and maybe literally hit by a Mack truck in the sense that injuries plagued this team. Um, you had a quarterback in Justin Herbert that was playing injured throughout the season. You had long, long stints of Keenan Allen and Mike Williams missing time. Jalen Guyton went out before the season. Joshua Palmer didn't, you know, there's a lot on his shoulders to expect him to come out and carry the load and didn't quite deliver. Still a team that played very fast, still a team that had a ton of passing attempts. But overall, last year, if you drafted any of those guys, it was a bust. Herbert, uh, Keenan, Mike Williams. Pick. I mean, other than maybe Gerald Everett, I think it's, well, a, a, it's a full bust. Maybe. maybe. I would say if, if you – were able to tread water and hold on to Keenan Allen because the second half was not just like, oh, Keenan Allen, it was pretty good. It's No, Keenan Allen was great. He, he was the wide receiver so, four from so week 11 on. Thank you. So it's to a busted draft pick. It's It probably feels like it for most people because I imagine they moved guy, on. If you don't have your guy till week 11, yeah. that's a busted draft pick because you, you, know, you don't get him in 18. That's, I, that's really tough. I feel like most leagues that I was in, the – person that drafted Keenan Allen didn't finish did yeah, not sure. get Keenan Allen's greatness so they draft Quentin Johnston to add another wide receiver to the room it's it's exciting for Justin Herbert even if you don't necessarily believe in Quentin Johnston as a potential sleeper this year I don't I don't know if you guys stand in that camp I do I do uh take some shots on Quentin Johnston I he's got the talent he's got the yards after catch ability and he's in an offense with an offensive coordinator and a quarterback that can get the job done. He's an unknown rookie with high draft capital. There's a lot of reasons to take the shot on him, and he doesn't cost much. You know, he's 
the wide receiver 42 off the board. So when I'm in that range, I'm looking for someone that could come out and kind of surprise us. My pre-NFL draft uh, outlook on him wasn't the best. I didn't see him as a dominator. I feel like all three of us are like, what are you doing with Quentin Johnson? I'm like, I don't know. What are you doing with Quentin? And we're all like, Ugh. you want to know why? I guess he's too pre-draft. The reason why is that, one, and we, we haven't even mentioned his name this offseason, but Joshua Palmer plays for the Chargers. He's a very competent wide receiver three. So we don't even mention. So the room is getting more, you know, it's busier than it used to be. Quentin Johnston is a bet on an injury, and we don't like doing it. And that's why we're like, what are you doing with him? Because are you betting on Mike Williams or Keenan Allen to get hurt? Because if they don't get hurt, Quentin Johnston is probably not having some huge breakout season, is he? Um, yeah, I, probably I, not. Yeah, probably they, not. Because if that's the case, then you're saying either, A, he's outperforming those other two, which I assume, you're, is that a possibility to you? That's a, that, that's a possibility. Mike Williams and Keenan? Yeah, I mean, he, he, just he projects... Be, he'll just be a secret weapon? He projects more to be the Mike Williams type of role. Uh, Mike Williams is, you know, obviously older, and I, I don't necessarily think he's going to outproduce them. I don't have them statted that way if they're all healthy. Obviously, Mike Williams is never always healthy. He misses a handful of games all the time. But it's just one of those things where you go, okay, you, you know, this he division. like Julio to the Roddy of days of old. With Herbert, Herbert can throw 45 touchdowns. Like that. that is one of the range of outcomes with Kellen Moore and with health. You know, last year, Herbert was a major disappointment for fantasy drafters. But he lost Mike Williams. A bunch. He lost Keenan Allen for half the year. He broke his ribs and played f played through it when he could barely move for several of those weeks. There were a lot of things that went very poorly for Justin Herbert, and they won 10 games. So, uh, you know, if Justin Herbert has his weapons, has a more creative offensive mind to open things up and make them easier, adds a first-round rookie weapon uh, this is an offense that I think if if you end up the year with like 45 touchdowns, then they all three had good seasons. Kellen Moore's teams, Dallas, obviously, number one and number four in points scored the last two years. Too many. Too, too, too many, many points for – too uh, many for old McCarthy. How dare you? Number one and number four and you get canned, huh? <laughs> hey. I think it was a mutual – I, I, I don't know. that Was Mutual it a party. firing? It just seemed like, yeah, he wants to move on because he heard he could get Herbert. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, it, it's there's a lot to be excited about, but they're in a division that you see them as is, is not the best team in the division. Well, we don't know yet. Yeah, stay, stay right. tuned. Stay, stay hey, tuned. whoa, whoa. Got to keep the listeners the they whole show. They have a good old line. They lost um, Rashawn Slater for 14 games last year. That hurt. I remember when that happened. And Herbert was beat up, and it was like, there's no hope any of these weeks throwing the ball to Josh Palmer and no one else. Um, so Herbert is has a tremendous upside case. Yeah. I have a QB five right now. I guess that's the highest. I don't know where you guys have him, but we're, we're all uh, in on Herbert this year. Eckler was the RB two last year. He has 36 red zone touchdowns the last two years. He's been targeted on 27 percent of his routes. He is a tried and true weapon. Um, and he's playing for a contract on a contract year. You know he's out there. And he's he's feeling pretty spicy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he is like the, he, uh, the quote was him saying, you know, when I look out there and there's backup wide receivers making more money than me, 
Like he is. That's not fair. He's oh, I yeah, I totally agree. But he's he is rightfully upset. Yeah, I, the running back salary situation is not. I don't think it's not fair. You you didn't bring this I, I up. I just think uh, no deal, by the way, for Josh Jacobs. Yeah, you yeah. didn't bring it up uh, earlier, but if you look at the franchise tag values from 2015, the cost of the franchise tag to put it on a quarterback has gone through the roof. It's just, you know, obviously salaries always Everything go up. Everything has gone up. Wide receivers through the roof. It's cheaper today to franchise a running back than it was in 2015 because they don't because the franchise tag is based on the is the top five paid players something in like the position, yeah, something like that, and they've gone down, <laughs> and nobody pays I mean, running backs. Yeah, because it's it's a bad bet. Yeah, it's it not is. good for the team. It's like none of us want our teams to go pay the running backs. Right, right. We say that we want our we want our fantasy oh. players to have contracts. I got which, a I got a quote here, guys. I wanna, oh boy, I want to oh, play. Hold on, hold on. Can we play a game? <laughs> Breaking news. All right, I want you to tell me. If this seems like positive <laughs> sentiment or negative, okay? okay? Okay, I'm listening. This is direct from you the source. You haven't seen this yet, Jay? I haven't seen it. Oh, okay, this is direct from You're the source. You're playing with Jason. Okay? okay. This is from Saquon Barkley, okay. superstar running back, yep. uh, New York Giants. He has recently tweeted, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. Now, you tell me, yeah. is this positive or or is this negative? This is negative. <laughs> this is not a happy man. This is throwing my hands up. Has anyone ever said it? Like I love, I love in a good way. I love phrases like this. Like everything is everything, or it is what it is. But has anyone ever used that because like things were going great? Oh right, like just everything's going well. Like, yeah, it is like, what it is. Yeah. How how did you win those millions of dollars? I don't know, man. It, it is, is what it is. <laughs> no, no. Saquon and Jacobs will both be if they play, which I assume they will play at some point. It's going to be contract year story for them, just like it is for Eckler at the running back position. Jacobs did that last year. He was playing for a contract last year, right? Then he gets franchised because he played so well. Um, also. This is incredible. Kyle just dug this up. According to the New York Times, the phrase, it is what it is, appeared as early as a 1949 article by J.E. Lawrence in the Nebraska State Journal. Lawrence used the phrase when describing the difficulty faced during frontier frontier era life in Nebraska. Oh, man. Frontier life in Nebraska. <laughs> it is what it is. That's, no, that's what it's like being a running back. <laughs> yeah, it it's is like what it is. It's like being on the frontier in Nebraska. Oh, man. Um, but for what it's for what it's worth um they will both make 10 million dollars this year yeah which uh, i don't get caught up in that is just no i know. it's comparing it to your peers and of what course. you bring and hey it's not easy being a running back no it's not and i they don't should, they should make a new rule if you want to fix this i got i got your fix you're not allowed to draft running backs except for every other year <laughs> Something like that because you're right you now you can't the, replace them with yeah with the market's cheap labor. just yeah uh, you know neither players signed their tender so we'll keep you up to date with that Eckler um, well they're not going to sign until they want to show up yeah yeah I mean that's the point is we'll figure out whether they participate in some of camp or not if you know they just decide hey let's show up let's start collecting checks and let's move on towards getting a contract next year. Um, that's where we're at. Yeah, maybe the the but, hold in. All right, so yeah, let's. What is this? More more news, Brooks? What's going on? Just no, just confirmation. All right, neither player reached the deal. All right, so Eckler, he's been dominant for the last two years, playing on a contract year. 
unless you want to sit here and, and make the same argument that's been made against him for three years about him scoring too much he, compared to averages, you know, he's going to be a dominant force. I he, mean, he's ranked at the RB2 for a reason. He'll be a great fantasy option. I don't think he finishes. Like, I've got him as running back two. I don't think he finishes there. I would still draft him as the second one because I think – you're on a great offense. You're, the depth chart is is disgusting around you, and and you're the main show. You catch a ton of passes, but there are. It's not just touchdown regression. When when he was on the field with both Mike Williams and Keenan Allen, his target market share was it was like was almost like forty five minutes last year. It it yeah, it wasn't it wasn't much, but it was almost like half of what it was in the games where it was just one of them. And now they add Quentin Johnson. It's stuff. so. Yeah, sorry, sorry. So tar target coming down a little bit. Touchdowns may be regressing, but you're still the dude on a great offense. It's just so easy. If you catch 107 passes, it's very easy to be top five. Yeah. It's hard to not be top five. Yeah, and he caught 107 passes. So touchdowns thrown out the window. If you catch 100-plus balls, you're going to end up top five. I have him ranked a bit lower than you guys do, and it's it's just it's for me it's a combination of you know, being overly efficient forever, but also he's 28 now, and it's you know the 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 age cliff for running backs. It's right around 27, 28. So I I see him coming down just a bit. Let's talk Raiders. They're six and 11, or they were six and 11. They went into last year with a eight and a half win total. They said it wasn't McDaniel's fault. It was Derek Carr's fault. Let's get rid of him. <laughs> uh, this year they're projected for fewer wins. Seven and a half. Uh, they led by double digits at halftime in five games. Mm -hmm. They went one and four in those games. Uh, they they went one and six when they had Waller and Renfro. So you can't blame injuries. And um, Josh McDaniels looked terrible as a head coach again. Let's just be honest. The best decision he made as a head coach was to take the Hall of Fame game running back Josh Jacobs and give him the ball <laughs> 10 million times. I mean, Jacobs, if he is the starter, which he should be, if he's playing in week one, you know, he had the fifth most rushing yards over the last decade. He caught a ton of passes. It is very similar to what you just talked about with the depth chart in Los Angeles. Like, this was a player eight, seven, one, three, eight, a stretch during the middle of the year where he was, I mean, he had three number one overall finishes last year for a guy that only Brooks believed in. So, um, if he plays, what's his ceiling? Probably where he was last year, right? Yeah, I, I don't think he is going to possibly be able to repeat the ceiling he hit last year from a production standpoint because the offense will be worse this year, I think, with the change at quarterback. I don't project this team to be better. Obviously, they lost Darren Waller. Um, it's a tough division, but the depth chart around him is such that you – project an absolute massive workload he's on the franchise tag not worried too. about brandon bolden no i'm not Amir worried abdullah about any the abdullah express so you're you're hey, talking he about catches some he will touch the ball 350 times <laughs> and, if, and if you if you touch the ball 350 times you're gonna be great your your floor is so extremely high now whether or not he's able to get the the touchdowns and the big plays that he had last year that's probably not going to happen at the same clip so I, I see him as a really, really safe option uh, that's probably going to finish the year as lower-end RB1. Yeah, I mean, I look at him the same as Nick Chubb. You know, he's, gonna, he's going in the back of the first round. 
the you know to be that efficient on that many touches shows uh, a level of skill that you saw in the field. But um, but yeah, I mean, ha- repeating it every year is going to be difficult. Those two players have a hard time. Like right now, I have it: Chubb, Jacobs, three, four. I want both of them very badly on my team. Devontae Adams, ho hum, did it again. Is he undervalued at wide receiver eight? Should he be in these discussions the way, or are you just so afraid of the quarterback situation? It's uh, funny because this was, it's like the same situation as last year. Hey, he's a little older. He's switching quarterbacks, major downgrade at quarterback. And then I didn't bet on Devontae Adams. I was like, yeah, I'm going to let other people do that. And then it was, I should have bet on Devontae Adams. You're so good. And now it's like, well, he's a year older and he's getting a bad uh, quarterback again. That's been the lesson the last few years. Oh, Tyreek Hill's got two. It doesn't matter. You know, yeah, was, like Devontae Adams is, is, is Derek Carr. It doesn't matter. The, we still haven't ranked very high. But I would say the 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 cautionary flags for him are going from so you got Derek Carr to Jimmy Garoppolo. Derek Carr is he doesn't do it a lot, but he's actually like a pretty capable deep ball passer. Um, and we saw like a an A dot in a yards per completion here from Devontae Adams that he hasn't seen. Uh, let me double check. There's uh, ever. He was he averaged fifteen point two yards per completion. His second highest in that category would have been year three in the league at thirteen point three. They used Adams a completely different way. And now what does that look like for Jimmy Garoppolo, who is nearly allergic to throwing the ball down the field? Like he he's very scared to do it. So if if we take that back, do we still get you know the the that level of production where he's where Devontae Adams is the wide receiver three on the season. And on top of that, you you had you had games where Devontae Adams just basically vanished from uh from production, including a three week stretch from weeks fourteen through sixteen that was pretty devastating. So it's I've uh, Devontae Adams is still fantastic, but he's not in that that group up there for me that had that with with Hill, Jefferson Cup and Jamar. I don't know if I'll have success, but I know he'll be vocal enough to get the targets. Yeah, yeah, probably. I mean, that part is is guaranteed. And if you're being drafted in the middle of the second round, I thought, yeah, that could be. It could work out. Round could work good. out for you. He's getting older. Um, they added Jacoby Myers this off season. Uh, they added DeAndre Carter. They added Austin Hooper and OJ Howard. Yeah, that's the. Meh. So they drafted. What? Darren Waller not just not sucking up targets the way that he used to, so maybe Jacoby Myers and Hunter Renfro this, can both. This is a Devontae Adams, Josh Jacobs checkout situation for me. I, okay. Jaco- it's not against Jacoby Myers; he's a good football player, but Hunter Renfro's still there, and all the targets are going to be going to Devontae Adams first, and then you're just taking a middling to bad offense and saying let's split up the leftovers between. Hunter Renfro and Jacoby Myers and Austin Hooper. It's like, yeah. I don't want any of that. Just, just I don't, move on. It, it is weird. Like, I think we all remember the very nice end of season to 2021 for Hunter Renfro. But, man, last year was 100% a shot year. Yes. Like, just like if you talk about you're with McDaniel, uh, McDaniels, and then you come out and you're just meaningless mm-hmm. for the first nine weeks of the year, um, I wonder if they're kind of done with him. What's his contract situation? Let's see. I know he missed time with injury. I don't want to drafted take... in 2019. So he, this this would, is the final year. I would think so. Yeah. I wonder if that's part yeah. of the thought process here with the Myers signing. 
Is 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 if Renfro's just on the way out. I don't know. Well, and you, I mean, you need another another player. Has to go to Denver and Buffalo in the first two weeks. So if you want to check out after those two guys, because you got to go play in Denver sure. and Buffalo, and then Pittsburgh and the Chargers. Um, tough start to the year for this. Two team. years. Oh, did he sign an extension? Call? Oh, he did. He did sign oh, an extension. Yeah. yeah, good for him. Uh, let me just check real quick. Throw out guys. everything I said. Uh, uh, Michael. I always forget Meyer or Mayer. Which one? Meyer. I think it's Meyer. I think it's Meyer. I think it is too. But now it's that weird thing where you're second it's, guessing it's yourself. Michael Mayer. <laughs> is it Mayer? Yeah, it's Mayer. Oh, yeah, my God. I See? think it's Mayer. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, Michael. Mayor? No, it's, it's, it's Mayor. Okay. May that's why I was You asking. guys kept making Michael Myers jokes. Oh, yeah. that's what did it. Yeah, we yeah. screwed ourselves up. Yeah, this is on you. <laughs> that's not uh, on us. There's a character named Michael Myers. <laughs> but So Michael Mayer, uh, they, the tight end that they drafted, pretty high. Do you guys have any interest? Because I, I see you know people on Twitter talking about him frequently, and I'm like, I I don't get it at all. They I, brought Austin Hooper in on a one year. You brought OJ Howard in, and Josh McDaniels, one of the lowest rates of two tight end sets in the league. Blah. So for, I get blah. it. Blah. Michael okay. Michael Mayer is awesome. It's, I know uh, Mayer. <laughs> I know that a lot of people disagree with that. I I don't even understand how you would think he's not great. He was a five star recruit. He dominated every year. He's a baby boy. Well, I think if if there were certain teams on the clock, he would have gone ahead of Dalton Kincaid. Absolutely. I mean, he to me, he's great. I'm completely out for fantasy and redraft. Okay. Like, there's no freaking chance I'm Jason drafting Moore a, rookie a rookie tight end. Come tight on, end in Come this on. situation, not happening. May, when I get mayhem, you're getting a rookie tight end. <laughs> no, Dalton Kincaid. Don't you give me Dalton Kincaid. Lock, lock Doc, Dalton Kincaid in there. <laughs> All right, so um, we're gonna move on. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos. Last year was a disaster. Russell Wilson was the most bet player preseason for the MVP award. Dude, look at that. The they won four games. No, they, they were five. four and nine in one score games. They won five games. And their 2022 Vegas projected win total was 10. Wow. Adding Russell Wilson made them <laughs> score the least amount of points of any football team in the game. 32nd in points it's per just, game. How? I, I am how? not going to bet on... Sean Payton fixing the calamity that we witnessed last year. I just don't. I mean, maybe he does. I hope he does. It's good for football. It's good for fantasy. But my personal bet is against a rebound for Russell Wilson. And so I find, you know, a lot of people are really into Jerry Judy this year. He's going to separate, you know, and be the one. If it's any kind of draft capital, I'm, I'm just Wide out. receiver 25 back of the fifth. Yeah, I'm I'm not doing that personally. Limited. I I believe that we watched a a bad quarterback play poorly and I don't think he's just going to snap out of it. It it's a tough bet. And if they succeed as a team, you may see that 16th ranked pass attempts go to Titans range and you start using Javante and P Ryan in this defense which is very good. Um, oh, that's their pathway. So bad for their defense. Their defense was so dominant last year. The first half of the year, they just shut everyone down and they still lost games. Yeah. So through 10 weeks to your point, Jason, the defense held every opponent under their implied team total, allowing 16.6 points per game, which is number one in the NFL. And they went three and six. <laughs> so I don't know how that doesn't like walking in that locker room. I know Russell Wilson. 
he may be immune to the feeling in the air, but that they, the other players aren't. I mean, they knew where the turd was. <laughs> yeah, it was in front of Russell Wilson's locker, I mean, and that oh, I, look, you. I don't feel bad for him at all. When you're paid that kind of money, you force your way out of a situation. You have a responsibility under that amount to lead and to succeed and to be held accountable if you don't and to get all the praise if you win. That's what a quarterback does. They get all the praise. Most bet MVP candidate. Why? Because if he goes in there and they win a bunch of games, it's his fault. So if you lose a bunch of games, it's your fault too. I I do see a pathway to uh, some relevance. It was a better end of the year. Uh, Jerry Judy is a very good player. Tim Patrick coming back, drafting Marvin Mims. Greg Dulcich is an emerging wide receiver talent. If you are taking a shot outside of, do we all have Judy the highest at the wide receiver position? Yes. I do. Okay. So I'm going to say we got him a wide receiver 25. We're all ahead of ADP on that, believe it or not. No, uh, no, no. We have, no, we have, a, we have nine, a 19. 19 by consensus. 25 is ADP. Yeah. Outside of Judy, cast your lot with a Bronco pass catcher. Uh, there, there's two that I'm willing to draft, and it's Tim Patrick and Greg Dulcich. And the reason is because they cost nothing. I'm, I'm taking a, a, a super late shot that it gets fixed, and, it, and I don't have to invest anything. That's fair. Made $129 million over the last three years more than any other player in football. Russell Wilson. Mm. Mm. Super. <laughs> they added, uh, they added uh, Callaway to the offense as well, P. Ryan. They lost uh, Mike Boone. But that's not making headlines. So, yep. Cortland Sutton. Um, Man. It's weird to have a guy that you know is going to be lining up as a starter every play that you still don't really want to even glance in their direction. Well, yeah. What's insane is... Because it's been Cortland Nutton. Last year, Cortland Sutton was drafted ahead of Jerry Judy. And it wasn't like last year went great for either player. But now this year, situations haven't really changed. And Judy showed something at the end of the year. And Sutton is four rounds behind Judy. And I, I think pretty much everyone's just saying, no, I'm done with Sutton. No, I'm not, not playing that game. Yeah, it's the, – the Those last five weeks helped Judy a lot. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a pretty good run. During that stretch, he was on pace for 112 catches, 1,557 yards, and 10 touchdowns. Yep, that, and that would be why Judy's in front. But and, – and you, you know – I know you want good things for Jerry Judy, Jason. I I loved Jerry used to Judy watch, out of He used college. to watch so many highlight videos yeah, that he'd he be did. late to lunch. Mm -hmm. And I am never late to eat. Um, Only for Jerry. Greg Dulcich, uh, is he one of those guys in that category of when, yes. when you punt, you go? Yep. Uh, are, do you have him ahead of a guy like Chica Conquo after the Hopkins news? Yeah, I've got uh, Greg Dulcich a little bit ahead. Um, you know, it's Evan... Uh, or Gerald Everett is one of my late round kind of last round tight end picks. I'm kind of moved off of him. We didn't talk about tight end in Los Angeles, but just because of Parham's health and the discussions around him, I'm afraid. Sure. But Gerald Everett's always been doubted. Yeah. Gerald Everett kind of accidentally productive. Gerald Everett will be on the field ahead of Parham. So that's why I bet that way. Give me the, uh, give me your thoughts on Javante P Ryan right now. Javante is being sure. drafted significantly higher. You know, all the talk, 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 talk is he'll be back and ready. Yeah, it was a catastrophic knee injury. It was not a simple ACL injury. And I know they're saying the team is saying all the right things, but you can just you can book that. That's what they do. They, like 
guys get injured, and then over the off season, they're ahead of schedule. They look great. They're doing all this, doing all that, and then it comes time to play football. And shocker, the person with the devastating knee injury is not ready to play in the NFL. So I'm hopeful for the man that he's ready. But as of right now, I would project that Javante Williams is going to miss at least a handful of games and then not be ready to be the full-time starter, which has me uh, drafting P. Ryan as a like just a, as a band-aid for my running back position over the first month. The, Jason? Yeah, I'm I'm pretty similar. I I'm mostly right now just out. Um I recognize that there could be gold in them hills for either player, but it's one of those situations where I don't know the health of the knee and whatever uh, fluff pieces are coming out is something I will not be listening to. I'm going to watch what is actually happening on the field to make my decisions closer to uh the game. So right now like in best ball I'm pretty much just avoiding the situation, not trying to pretend that I have secret inside information because it's just health. It's, I think if Javante is actually healthy, well, man, he's a steal. I don't think he's going to be actually healthy, in which case, if he misses time, Samaje is a steal. Or does he just get there week one and he's not that good yet and he doesn't produce and he and Samaje is not on the field? Eh, I'm just I'm I'm taking a wait and see approach. Yeah, I think the one thing you could probably bet on more safely of whether he shows up or not is just there's a there's a reality where both guys get a lot of work all year long. Sure. I mean that that yeah, Sean paid, Payton system. They paid P Ryan to come in and play. I mean, this is a hand picked by Sean Payton and, and he's a capable third down guy. They could both just they could alternate drives the whole year long. Payton's running back room has always been very, very valuable for fantasy. So if you want to take your shots, it, 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 it's logical. And this isn't just Alvin Kamara. This is before Kamara. This is Deuce McAllister and uh, Timmy Hightower, Jason. Uh, anybody and everybody. When they're when they're back there, he knows how to set them up for success. Well, this might uh, the suspense is over. Let's order this. Oh man, let's order this division. All right, I'm going to go Chiefs. What? I, I know. Shocker. Chargers. Okay. Broncos. Raiders. Okay. Raiders are uh, on the two-year goodbye to McDaniels, get themselves a rookie quarterback plan. Does he make it through the year? Probably not because that's scheduled to start the year. He'll be a nice 0-4 to kick it off and then uh, desperation. Jimmy G will cause some drama. No, this, this Raiders are the biggest – they could hurt our Cardinals number one and two picks. <laughs> um, I'm going it's so tough at the top. I'm going to go Kansas City, though. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Um, then I'm going the Chargers. Okay. Broncos. Oh, all right. Raiders. Gotcha. So we are in sync. All right. All right. I really hope everyone stay tuned <laughs> because I'm going to win this division. The Chiefs of Whoa. Kansas City. <laughs> All three of us? Yes. Second place, I will give it to the Chargers of Los Angeles. <laughs> I'm going to go with the Denver Broncos in third. Oh, I, gonna, Why aren't they the Broncos of Denver? You're really letting me down based on the first two. Thank you, Andrew. Because it's Denver. It's different. Okay. okay. <laughs> and then I will go with the Raiders of uh, Las Vegas in fourth place. <laughs> what in the world is wrong? All right, that is the end of the show. I, I told people to stay around. I had to give them something special. Go to ballerslive.com and come see us. The Megala Show, live in L.A., end of August. Get your tickets now at ballerslive.com. Talk to you soon. Goodbye. 
Thank you for listening to another episode of the Fantasy Footballers Podcast. Join our fantasy football community on jointhefoot.com and follow us on Twitter at the FFBallers. Hey there, Foot Clan. You still listening? I want to take a second and invite you to become a part of the world's greatest fantasy football community. You know them as the Foot Clan. By supporting the show at jointhefoot.com, you get access to exclusive episodes every week, access to a thriving community of 30,000-plus like-minded fantasy football players, and access to special tools that help you win each week. You can learn more at jointhefoot.com.